So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode eight of The Other Way. In this episode, Ari arrives in New Jersey and hears from her family. Victor takes Ellie shopping at the hardware store. Samit's parents arrive for a pre-move-in visit. Corey is still fighting to get Evelyn back. Alina's mom finds out Steven's secret. And Kenny and Armando explore their options for more children. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. H. How are you today? Uh, better than you, because I remembered that you're supposed to start the show, I guess. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I was zoning out. For some reason, I was thinking this was love after lockup, and I'm sitting know, here waiting right? for you. <laughs> uh, I, I, blame, I blame this fall weather that just punched us both in the face this week. Oh, oh my I God. Know. I I kind of like that it's fall for all of like two seconds, and then I'm over it. I'm like, okay, is it spring already? Right. <laughs> Right. It was decent. Okay. But that wind and everything just really kicks up and gets you. But I mean, I guess, you know, speaking of the wind getting you, let's start with Ellie and Victor. So, oh, no. All right. So Ellie is struggling with the expense and the tight quarters of the hotel room she and Victor had been staying in. So now they're moving into an apartment in San Andres that has a whole kitchen and multiple rooms and everything. So Victor says that he wishes they were in their house in Providencia, but it's not ready for that yet. He hopes they can move in after a month or two of living in San Andres and, you know, getting over there as much as they can to do repairs. Ellie is looking forward to talking things out that she wanted to talk about before the hurricane. So as they're unpacking in this new apartment, she seems like that's a good time to bring up the whole cheating incident. Oh, gosh. Especially the details of how he basically lived with this woman and they were like, she heard that they had plans for kids because remember that she heard about the whole um, affair through the woman who just like randomly this messaged her or something. Crazy! This is way more than cheating. Yes, it was very much so, and he downplays it quite a bit. Uh-huh. So Victor says because he just says oh, that's crazy talk, and just explains it away with you know it was quarantine. Um, And he didn't mean half the things he was saying to this woman. Mm. So in an interview, he says that he knows he fucked up and he understands that it's hard for Ellie to get over it. But it was nothing serious. So Ellie also heard that Victor was trying to get this lady to buy him a motorcycle. And he denies that and says he wasn't with her for money. But she doesn't really know who to trust here. Either Victor talking to her now or this woman who messaged her out of the blue before. So... She's starting to think that maybe Victor's only with me for money. Ellie tells him that he doesn't seem to get how much this hurt her. And he just keeps doing the kind state of, well, uh, I'm sorry, I guess. Like, I don't know what this woman to do. So she tells us that she hopes this is the last they'll have to talk about this whole incident, which. okay. so (laughs) after about a week in San Andres, they are headed to the hardware store to get supplies for the trip to Providencia the next day. She's worried about the expense because her living budget when she moved down here was about, you know, had planned around living rent free in Providencia and working on this bar, not paying for an apartment and also the cost to reconstruct a house. 
So Ellie thinks that the hardware stores in San Andreas are different because you can't just buy a machete at U.S. hardware stores, which, by the way, you 100% totally can buy a machete at U.S. hardware stores. (laughs) Um, So she hasn't been to many. And Ellie is feeling the pressure of having to pay for all this, especially with the whole markup on things like drills. And she's a little resentful in situations where it seems like Victor sees her more or less as a bottomless ATM. And he doesn't seem to worry about the cost at all. So they kind of fight in the store about drills and uh, battery packs and generators. And Victor's getting frustrated because he said he doesn't have an income to pay for anything. So he kind of feels like he's, I don't know, not contributing or I'm not sure exactly where he's going with that. So Ellie says she doesn't mind being the breadwinner of the relationship, but she often feels that he's not being appreciative enough. Mm-hmm. All right. So that all said, let's move back to the first part. Like, do you think they this conversation really wrapped up the whole affair thing and they can just move on now? I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like this is bigger than cheating, as we had kind of said at the beginning. Like, he was living with this person. He was actively trying to get money from this person. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you're just trying to actively get money from someone, okay, whatever. We've seen worse scumbags on this show, right? They're doing something similar. But it's sure. like you were living with this person. You were talking about you know, having a family with this person. And I just, I find it very hard to believe that you're that into this, like in deep in this situation, and it doesn't mean something more to you. Yeah, I mean, and otherwise, the way he tries tries to play it off, the way he wants to make it sound is, oh, don't worry about it. I was just lying to this woman. And it's like, well, I'm uncomfortable that you're so comfortable lying just like straight up lying about things like children and and love and living with people because how do i know you're not lying to me yeah well also that just makes him sound like a scammer it's like well why were you lying to her oh because you needed a place to live because it's pandemic times oh because you wanted her to buy you things like this motorcycle like if i was ellie i would be incredibly concerned more so than the cheating about this like money grab that he's like trying to get money from the women that he's with because clearly that's why he was lying and i would Mm -hmm. be concerned if not for yourself, but the kind of person that would do that. Right. Well, he, he just tried to, like, deny it, too. Like, he was like, well, I wasn't with her for money. So then, like, and she didn't, like, ask the follow-up question, like, then why were you with her? Like, it yeah. wasn't serious. You weren't into her. You didn't want to be with her. You didn't want money from her. Like, so what were you doing? I'm confused about why you were there at all. Right. And then even Ellie was saying, you know, like, so you're living with this woman, getting money from her, and I was also sending you money? <laughs> yeah. That's like, also where a problem. Is this, what happened to this money? It just – it isn't – like, you're right. It isn't just – it's definitely one of those – there's different levels of unfaithfulness. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like the one that everybody tries to play off, you know, we've seen it a little bit here. He tried to play this off and Cordy did is that – it was just a one night thing. It didn't mean right. anything. It's just yeah. a mistake. This is like well beyond that. And oh, yeah. like, and it's just so, so crazy that it's like, and, and that he's just like, well, I don't know what else you want me to do except keep saying I'm sorry. And it's like, I feel like there's got to be something he can do besides that. Okay. I don't understand why Ellie has decided that she is going to give up her life and move down here for this dude, right? It doesn't even sound like she's talked to him in person since this, quote, cheating incident. If I were her, I would have gone down to visit, really, if she felt that way, 
faced him, you know, confronted him face to face, figured that shit out, and then decided if you were going to move there or not. Like, I don't understand why, oh, this man, like, lied to me all this time. And she even says, like, I don't think he would have said anything. Like, the only reason why he even said anything was because I, you know, basically got this information from the other woman. He was going to try to get away with it. And he even tried to deny it. You know, yeah, so it's yeah, just like, did. you know, I, why would you trust this person? The whole situation I, I kept thinking of, I don't even know why this came into my head, of his situation of him being like, oh, oh it's quarantine. I got to stay with somebody. And like oh going goodness. up with this woman, it made me think of that. Do you remember the quarantine episode they had where Courtney was with that random dude? Oh, God. Yes, the German the dude. Oh, yeah, the German dude. That was so was like, bad. This is just his. Her, this woman was just his German dude. Like it's like he was playing musical chairs, and it was like this is the last house that's open. I got a quarantine here. Oh my like, gosh, that's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then Ellie, she is now feeling like, oh my gosh, is this guy using me for money? You know, and it comes out with the whole like, okay, well I'm the one paying for all this uh, repair stuff and the hardware, right. and it's just like. I mean, I know it's too late for her to do this now, but really, she shouldn't have sent him money before. And I, I sure. have a hard time with people who are just like questioning, oh, do, are they in it for the money? Because it's like, well, you sent them money. And really what you should have done is been like, hey, listen, just been up front. Like, I want to help you. But I also don't want to ever question your motives. So I'm just not going to send you money, you mm -hmm. know, and then we'll kind of see where this goes. And if I really feel like, you know, that this isn't something I'd ever question your motives on, then I would feel better about giving you money. Right. And he also does that. He, he does that thing we see every once in a while. And she mentions it where they just see like American. That's just the bottom bottomless well of money, like all the money in the world. Just keep. Keep spending all the money. They don't have to worry about how much money they spend. And so we can go to the hardware store and we can buy everything in the hardware store. Not a second thought. Just grab it and let's go. And of course, you can pay for it. Right. And she's like, no, I have a budget. Like I had planned this out, like of how I was going to live and how much it was going to cost each month and things like that. And he's just like, he just doesn't get that at all. Like, and yeah. doesn't understand why it's like, well, we need to, if we're going to buy this drill, then we need a generator. And it's like, well, we'll get. The generator is a lot more expensive than a drill. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like they were arguing over the wrong thing. Yeah. And I think also Ellie has to understand that you're on an island. Like, forget any of, you know, this hurricane situation making things worse. But it's just things are more expensive on an island because you got to import sure. everything. Like, yep. I remember when I was in Turks and Caicos in December, I was shocked at how ridiculously expensive grocery, just regular groceries were there. And it's just because you're an island. Same thing in Hawaii, you know? It's like, yeah. just things are more mm -hmm. expensive because you got to import everything. And so, you know, when um, I was in Cozumel too, uh, doing dive school there years ago, and I came back to the States because I had a work conference thing. So I was here for three days. I had a whole list of things people wanted me to bring back, not having anything to do with food, but like actual items like, oh, sure. I needed this. I needed this. And they gave me a list because it's just the stuff there. It's like it's not that they don't have it. It's just so much more expensive just because you're an island. 
write things like, I don't want to pay $10 for nail clippers. Just give me right. some time you go back. Like, like yeah, don't you guys yeah. have a dollar store here? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and this is on San Andreas, everything in, yeah. in Providencia. That's even more remote. Yeah. Um, but it's so I, I get where she's going, but I also get that it's just like, he doesn't seem to think that money's an object at all. He's just like, well, yeah. we need this, this, and this, and we need this. This is what we need. And to an extent, that is kind of true, but that doesn't mean you have to like when you're repairing. If we're going to rebuild this house, then mm-hmm. you have to rebuild the house. You can't be like, well, let's just get some of the wood to replace half of the wall. <laughs> we'll just work on that, right? That'll be okay. Like you need the stuff. Yeah, I, how I kind of viewed like his whole thing was he saw that there was one drill behind the glass, right? And right. so it's kind of like if you have limited options, it's not like here where it's like. You know, if I went to the hardware store right now, there would be at least I'm going to go out on a limb and say four different drills. Right. Probably way more than that. that. There's probably a whole aisle of them. Right. Yes. But, you know, it's like I think he just accepts that sometimes there are no options and you just have to get what you have to get. Right. And I think some people are much better about that, like mentally accepting the price of something, realizing that you're not going to get much better than this. Right. And then uh, more so than other people. I know some other people and myself included. It's like we might look at something and be like. Oh, but that's so expensive. Is it really even worth that much? I swear I could get this cheaper somewhere else. And it's like, yeah, but there is nowhere else when you're on an island. So it's kind of like, I think he just accepts that that is the price where she kind of feels like, I feel like there has to be a cheaper yes. option. It's definitely not. It's, it's, it's a very different scenario because you can't go to Home Depot and then while you're in the aisle of the Home Depot, bring up the lows and then bring up the ace and then see if they have it at Walmart. And then what's it like on Amazon and like yeah. do that and like figure out what it all is. Cause you can't, cause he's like, no, there's one hardware store on the Island. This is it. They have one drill. That's what we got to get. Like that's it. Yeah. yeah. And and then she just, I, 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 it drives me crazy when people are like, try to make it sound like they think it's going to work. Like he was like, he was literally like, how long is this battery going to last? She was like, like an hour. And she was like, mine lasts for days. It was like, the man just said it lasted an hour. Like, what are you doing? It's going to last an hour. And we're going to be using it a lot. Yours lasts for days because you drill one hole in the wall and then don't do anything with it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like an hour of probably continuous use. And no one's using it continuously for an hour. So like, yeah, maybe like. But you're working on it for like eight hours a day. So maybe it'll last you like four hours. Yeah, it depends. It really depends on what you're doing, too. Yeah. If you're like if you're hanging drywall and you're putting screws in every 18 inches, like mm-hmm. on your whole thing, like it's not going to last much more than like an hour or two. Right. And like they have to have it for the whole time. They're going to be there. It's a four hour boat ride. They got to make the most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's move on to Jenny and Samit. So Jenny is meeting up with her only Indian friend, Deepali, who is Rohit's sister. And Rohit was uh, Samit's um, friend from before. Jenny claims that she just gets along better with younger people. She tells Deepali about uh, Samit's mom wanting to move in to train her how to be a good Indian wife. Deepali tells Jenny that that this is normal since her mother-in-law came to live with them for she says four to six months. Wouldn't you know how many months it's been after they were married to help get them settled? Jenny argues that she's an older American, but Deepali points out that she's living in India. Deepali sees it as a chance to change Samit's mind, so she should see it as a positive. 
Uh, Jenny is skeptical and thinks that this is a way for her to sabotage their relationship. Dupali thinks that by going to counseling, it shows that Samit's mom is open to change. So Jenny, you know, after hearing that, is a little bit more willing to try it out. As a result of her meeting with Dupali, uh, Jenny agrees to have Samit's parents stay for a few days, not months. And they have ordered a bed for the guest room. Samit says that they may need to give up their bed for his parents. And Jenny's kind of confused by that. Didn't we just get a bed for them? Uh, Samit tells Jenny that the reason his parents didn't invite them to stay over at their house is because they kind of want to hide Jenny from their neighbors and friends. Samit suggests that they wake up early because that's what Indian households do. But Jenny doesn't like this idea. She says she's living her best life right now. She has little worries. She sleeps in. She basically just does what she wants. Jenny is offended when Samit says he misses his parents, but he explains that he's not really living a normal life, like going to work and getting taken care of by his mom or wife. And he kind of just misses, you know, what he refers to as a normal Indian life. Sadna and Anil are coming to stay with them. And Sadna says uh, to, that, you know, she wants to go there just to see how they're living. And Anil says, yeah, and to support them. They both see Jenny as angry and stubborn. Jenny is frantically cleaning in the kitchen as she is feeling very nervous and scared about this visit. Jenny asks Samit to have her back because she knows that she's going to do something wrong. Samit says mm-hmm. that she should just be happy and polite, even if, you know, they happen to be critical. Sadna and Anil arrive and they sit in awkward silence until Sadna points out all the drink rings on the table and says it makes it look dirty. They then ask to take a tour of the house. In the kitchen, where Sadna says, you know, they should be using all the shelves and putting the dishes away after they're, wa- uh, they're watch- washed, Jenny doesn't like this. Jenny's being bossed around to sweep and wipe down the counters. Sadna says that Jenny is too old to learn how to clean, and Jenny is getting mad. Samit is happy because his ma- mom is just trying to get Jenny to clean better, and, you know, who doesn't like a cleaner house? Jenny thinks that this is going to ruin their relationship. All right. So it's very clear that Jenny is upset because she thinks that, you know, Samit's mom's trying to sabotage. And then it kind of weirdly seemed in the car when Anil was talking that they're really actually genuinely trying to help. Like they were kind of saying, like, we're just there to be supportive and to teach her. And yes, Sadna kind of doesn't have the highest hopes for Jenny in terms of learning. But what was your interpretation of Samit's mom's motives? Uh, I mean, I think she kind of sees it as like a win win mm-hmm. um, in terms of whatever. I'll come out here. I'll treat her like an Indian daughter in law. She clearly won't be able to take that because she's an old, crazy American. So she's not going to yeah. really ha- handle that. But it doesn't need to be me like specifically sabotaging it. I will sure. do my best. I'll give it my best try. She will definitely fail. So mm-hmm. then we can move on from there after she t- totally fails this test. Yeah. Which is, I mean, <sighs> I didn't get. What I noticed here is how deeply, deeply um, not on the same wavelength Samit and Jenny are about what they're doing here, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Jenny seems to think that instead of moving to Palm Springs or Sarasota, she moved to India. She retired and moved to India and this is her retirement and that's what she's going to do. She's going to chill. She's going to do whatever. She's just going to enjoy life doing that, right? Yeah. And Samit is like, no, we're uh, 
traditional Indian family and we have to do all the things that families do and we're going to work through and, and go to work every day and we're going to, you know, be a part of the community. And she was like, that is not what I signed up for. I signed up for retirement. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, I'm confused why he hasn't been working this whole time then. Right. Yeah. If that's what he but I, is did she keep him from working? Because I think she is like, well, I don't want to be retired alone. Yeah, I do think she is preventing him from working because you remember she gets all like weird when he leaves. She does not like it when he leaves. Now, granted, some of the times that he's left, he's left her for days at a time living by herself because (laughs) of his weird family drama. Right. He would be like, I'm going to visit my parents and come back like four days later. Yeah, I know, right. But she doesn't like being alone. So I kind of wonder if it's like a weird like Angela Michael situation where it's like Angela – you know, basically says, no, your job is to be my companion. You don't have yes. to work and I will support you and you will be my companion. So you're on call 24-7. Now, the difference is, is that Jenny and Submit are actually physically like in the same place. So it's right. like you being my companion 24-7 means you can't work and you're here all the time. Right. I mean, well, that's one of the like things people want when they get old, right? Like that's when you think about like that's one of the reasons people, you know, think about like, oh man, I really need to get a partner. I really want to be married because you think about when I'm old, I just want somebody to sit on the beach with me, man. Like I just <laughs> I don't want to just like and though and that's I think that's where she is. I just want somebody to be around. I just want to spend my twilight years doing this. And he is not about that. And he is not saying it, right? Which is why he gets – he's just freaking giddy that his mom is there oh, bossing yeah. her around. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he is excited. super happy. He is totally excited that like my house is going to be clean and she's going to be cooking the meals and we're all going to go to work and we're just going to have this perfect Indian life. And it's like they just can't decide. Well, they have decided. The problem is they both have independently decided different things, whether they're going to be – a tradi- an Indian couple in India or uh-huh. they're going to be an American couple living in India? Well, that's not even an American couple. I don't even know what she's trying to do. She Like retired, a retired couple. Yes, a retired couple. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Was your interpretation of the kitchen that it was dirty, clean? What What is your standard? Oh, it was a dirty kitchen. That, that was a dirty kitchen. That was a dirty kitchen. It was disgusting. My, my counters are... Totally clean. I don't know what what that was. There was stains in the sink. No, 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 no. Yeah, there was like coffee grounds in the stink, and then it was just like the sweeping. And she was getting angry about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say my kitchen doesn't get dishes stacked up in the sink that mm-hmm. I have to do at some point. But if like I know my super bossy mother in law was gonna come over yeah. and judge me on the quality of my kitchen, that shit would be sparkling. Like right. it would be. Sparkling. That's what I don't understand, too, is it seemed like she was putting in effort cleaning in the kitchen like when she was all nervous because she Uh was washing the dishes, you know. But it's like I get what the mom is saying because, holy hell, there was no counter space to do anything. No, nothing. They had their pantry all dumped out on the counters, their dirty dishes. In fact, I don't even want to say dirty dishes. They're clean dishes. They were clean dishes. They were were just in the drying rack. Yeah. Stacked up everywhere it's like where do you prepare your food and then the floor was disgusting when they started moving stuff i was just like ah yeah, yeah like i feel like gordon ramsay was definitely going to scream at her about that kitchen oh my gosh, um know, too right? but like it, yeah i just I, it, I and because me i don't deal well with with too much clutter in my house especially in my kitchen mm-hmm. right 
I just it, it's I find it stressful. So like the fact that they didn't put anything away in like anything, it was just because we've both been in houses where you go into the house and the person is like, you know, they think it's clean and you're like, but why is there still shit all over the floor? Yeah. Like, does that just where that lives? It just lives on your floor. And I'm like stepping through like and it's usually with kids, kids toys, because <laughs> sure. all the kids toys live on the floor. And then you have other people who you go in and it's just like immaculate. And they're like, oh. I'm so sorry I didn't have a chance to clean. And you're like, what, what are you talking yeah. about? Well, I actually think it was kind of funny that Summit was kind of like, yeah, and then like our house will be clean. Because I think he is also like, this is not a clean house. Yeah. you know, But you know who else could have cleaned that kitchen? Summit. I know. Summit. <laughs> I know. Why are you putting it all on Jenny? But it's like – Summit's probably one of those people who's like, I know this isn't clean, but I don't know how to get it clean. I don't even know where to start. I'm like, start by picking shit up. Like, it's like, you'll figure it out, dude. I promise. I know. It's like, I think about it. Like, my mom taught me how to do certain things, like in terms of clean, because it wasn't the level of clean that she wanted. Right. So, but like other stuff, like wiping down a counter, it's like, no one had to show me how to do that. Just figure that out. So you say that you say you say that, but I definitely have uh, people definitely have different standards. I definitely with my ex-wife like had to learn her standard because I wiped down a counter and she'd be like, why didn't you wipe down the counter? I'd be like, I did wipe down the counter. It's clean right now. And she'd be like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? And like that kind of stuff would go on. Not this different differential level, but she'd be like, (laughs) but there's still marks right here. I still see this like this is you didn't wipe down the counter. Right. Like so there's a lot of stuff like that. But. Yeah, I mean, everybody figures something. The the problem is when messes get that big is mm-hmm. people just feel overwhelmed by them. Yes. And they're like, it's too yeah. much to even start. And which is funny because I always do that with my dishes. I'm like, I don't want to do these dishes. They're all stacked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I start to do them. And like, it seems like, oh, there's so many. It's going to take me forever. And then I'm like done in like 12 minutes at the most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So moving along from... <sighs> One, I don't know, dirty house to another. I don't know. There's no dirty houses anymore. I'm sorry. Let's just go to Ari and Benium. So Ari and Avi are connecting in Germany. And before long, at least in show terms, they're back in the US. And Ari hasn't been there in over a year. Fred and Janice, her her parents, and Roman, her nephew, meet her at the airport. On the ride home, they talk about like her plans for the visit. Getting the surgery is a primary concern, but she also wants the chance to visit with everybody in the family. And the car ride home, she calls Benny to let him know that she's landed already. And she starts to get a little nervous when Benny said he's been spending time hanging out with friends, which reminds her about the issues they've had in the past with this long distance thing. So after a couple days, we see Ari at her sister Kristen's house where she's staying and her parents and brothers, Elliot and Brad, are coming over for dinner. It's the first time the brothers have seen the baby. So at dinner, Janice says that her goal openly i appreciate that about her is to get ari and benny to live in new jersey so that (laughs) the baby can be closer to her Kristen chimes in and asks if ari has plans to live in ethiopia long term in which ari's kind of like well i'm gonna go back now but that's the plan i guess so Kristen openly and directly says that the best opportunities for avi especially when it comes to schools are going to be in the u.s brad or elliot i'm not sure which brother it was says that benny couldn't could get a job easier here and everything. But then Ari is like, eh, we already applied for the K-1 and they cashed my check, but that was seven months ago and we haven't heard anything since. So she's um, – this is the part where Kristen has her like the soundbite that they kept throwing up at all the commercials where she's like, 
oh, it's time to stop living your fantasy life and get real. But anyway, basically the whole family is doing what I thought they would do and trying to encourage her to give up this Ethiopia thing and just come here, like live here like we know you're going to. <laughs> so Ari's still reserved because she knows that Benny doesn't want to leave Ethiopia. Okay, so it seems like the bigger issues. I mean, they tried to te- they tried to go with the, the you know family drama, get the baby here. Which I mean, of course they're going to say that. But I was a little more concerned to think that seeds they're planting. But it seems like on the preview is more about like what are these long distance issues she's has with Benny. I think she is concerned that he's clubbing, hanging out with other girls. Um, but you know. I I don't I don't really get their storyline. I feel like it it's a moving target, right? It's like <laughs> sure <laughs> every o- other two episodes or something. It's like all of a sudden there's a different drama. Like all of a sudden Leandro is never like not an issue. It's like oh, yeah, where the hell yeah. did that guy go? It's like all right, he appeared for a couple episodes, caused some drama. All of a sudden it's Avi like needing surgery. Okay. They haven't even scheduled the surgery. Isn't that something you need to kind of coordinate before? Like, what happens if they're there now and then they can't schedule a surgery for who knows what reason? It's like they're just supposed to, like, I don't know. Does she have an open-ended ticket? Like, what's going on? It seems like you would have planned that so you're not gone unnecessarily long. Right. Because you could have he could he could have the surgery like two or three days after he lands. Like, that's when the surgery should happen. Right. Right. So you get full recovery before you have to head back. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, I don't really understand what's going on with that. It seems like the surgery was kind of an afterthought. And then all of a sudden the new drama is Benny in the wild doing whatever the hell Benny's doing. Yeah. Not being turning off his phone and going out with his friends after you left him alone. Like, I don't it's 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 I mean, and you the combination of that and the entire family just being like, it, I mean, I get where the family's coming from and I get why they believe that this is what's best for the kid. But they're also super condescending to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like they don't like you <sighs> had your fun. Like, let's settle yeah. down now. Yes, exactly. You had your little you had your little thing like they're always just like it always seems like that's I guess I can't tell if she's the youngest or not. But it definitely seems to think like, oh, Ari, the one who's going to go out and do her little stupid shit. And like we all have play along. Go, yeah. You know, well, I thought it was interesting a revelation as well that she's basically applied for the K-1 visa, which I'm going to guess her parents are pretty much uh, bankrolling that because they're hoping that she'll, you know, move back. Correct. Well, she even said it was it was, it was Janice's idea. Janice yeah. like, basically forced her hand to do it. Yeah. Right. And so it's like just to keep options open. It's like, all right. So it's like, are we going to see this couple again on like 90 Day Fiance? Because they're not married <sighs> yet. So, I mean. Oh, no. I can see them being on OG. Yeah. yeah. Like get Benny here and then put him on OG. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, so. I don't know. I could deal without that. I'm not. Like you said, it seems like they're trying really hard to dig up plots and they mm-hmm. just have a lot of moving ones it's not like some of the other ones you know we we, we talked about the other ones before we have very specific very well worn very you know there's plots there's this is the issue this is what we're dealing with this year and let's move on they're just you're right they're all over the place yeah uh speaking of plots that maybe kind of went a different way uh kenny and armando because oh, yeah. we're introduced to a new drama, apparently. 
So Kenny and Armando, they're playing beauty parlor with Hannah, who pays them with fake money, which Kenny jokes that they have cash to hit the club tonight. Their wedding is in two months, and Armando is excited about planning the last-minute details. Armando then brings up our new drama, the idea of adoption with Kenny. He says that he's been doing some research, and he originally wanted to adopt a child close to Hannah's age, but now he's thinking about a baby. Kenny is concerned because he thinks he's just too old and babies are a lot of work. Kenny thinks they need to be logical about it and he wants to just be able to talk on it more. Armando wants to do in vitro with Kenny's sperm and he thinks it would be more special that way since Hannah has Armando's genes. Kenny would like to help a child who's already in need, especially because he has reservations about, you know, how long he's going to be around since he's older because he doesn't want to leave Armando alone raising two kids. Kenny is careful not to say no, but they both agree to think about and uh, talk about it more later. Later, Kenny and Armando go to visit an adoption agency that is adopting children with HIV. This speaks to Kenny since he's lost a lot of people to HIV and AIDS, and so it warms his heart that this can be an opportunity to help those affected by the disease. The adoption agent says it's not very common of hearing a same-sex couple adopt, but currently they do have a lesbian couple looking to adopt. She says that the process could take like four years, and the process is helped along by the agencies, but really it's directly done with the government. This discourages Armando, and he wonders if this Mm -hmm. is really the best way forward. They meet some of the kids living at the orphanage, and one of the kids gives Armando a hug like almost immediately. Armando hands out toys that they had brought, and they play with the kids. Kenny is wondering how available medication is in Mexico. How will, you know, this affect Hannah? How will it affect Armando's family? And he has all these concerns. Later, Armando and Kenny talk more, and Kenny starts by saying that he's leaning towards adoption. Armando is... However, leaning towards having a baby because he thinks having Kenny's bloodline to raise uh, will be less of a battle with the government and it'll just be easier all around. He also thinks that his family will judge an HIV child. Kenny argues that it's their problem. Armando is also thinking about Kenny's age and thinking about how the road to adoption is so much harder and could be so much longer. Kenny resolves that maybe they should focus on the wedding and we'll They'll continue to consider both options. Okay, so they, I think they're both kind of like have their pros and cons, but really Kenny's age yeah. is a consideration. So yeah. at this point, what do you think the best option is considering Kenny's age? I mean, I to me, that's crazy to even have a kid at Kenny's age if it's a baby. Yeah. And so I definitely am um, more on board with, you know, the the adopting an older kid. I mean, Kenny's almost as – I know this isn't true for you. Kenny's almost as old as my parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's like close to 60, sure. Yeah, all right. And that's that's how old my parents are. So, mm-hmm. like, like, so that one is just like – that's – to imagine my parents, like, raising someone from being a baby, that's – Yeah. Kind of like – that's like, wow, right? And so, I – I get that because I, I yeah because yes Armando's concerned about and Kenny is concerned about who who's going to be around how much longer am I going to be around for you but mm-hmm. I don't know the primary concern again when you're dealing with kids the primary thought should be the kid like how long are you going to be around for the kid yeah. right yeah because that means by the kid but you know the kid's 20, 25, and the mm-hmm. dad's one of his dads is ninety mm-hmm. right and that's that's tough that's tough because that's kind of like that. 
that time at least. And I'm not saying it's it's impossible and I'm not saying people shouldn't do what they want to do and everything. But like like I needed a lot of help when I was 25 <laughs> from yeah. my parents, you know. Right, like, right. And that seems like uh, – uh, and then that's – but that's going to be the other way. That's when you would have to be helping them. And that just seems like, you know, two people that need help at the same time that makes it that makes it tough. But there's that weird four-year thing, which yeah. seemed crazy to me. Yeah, like, definitely. Like if, if you're concerned about a, a, a child and you want to do what's best for the child and that child's like eight years old. Yeah. I feel and like getting limbo? them out of a system – Getting them out of the system before they're 12 is probably better for them like, yeah, than like, that whatever is they're crazy doing. crazy to me. Yeah, because it's like that's four years. That's a long time, you know, that's for kids' life. Like, yeah. Like, for kids' life. That's like basically their high school career. You know, yes. all of a sudden it's like you try at the beginning of high school. It's like, oh, they're now legally an adult and they don't need adoption anymore. All right. Right. Like, and at some point, it seems like four years. And I think maybe that was like the, maybe perhaps the longest she had heard of that she mm-hmm. was kind of being like, it could take up to four years. But like, I don't know, it seems like something they ought to be able to get done in under a year. Right. It seems like if you can't get it done in under a year, like, what's the point? Yeah. I'm not sure how it is there, too. Like, is the government funding the orphanages? So it's like, right. it also seems to me that you would want to have them off of. You know, basically government assisted living. And then also it's just like, is do they have like a foster situation? Could they foster a child? And basically, even if you're like they're living with you, even though they're not adopted, because I mean that here, we don't really have orphanages here. Right. The way that they do in Mexico. So it's like that would be more of what would be going on here. But I don't know if it even works the same. Like that in Mexico. So, yeah, it just it it seemed very, very inefficient. Well, cause, I mean, I think I feel like here, like if you adopt, you still have to do. There's a lot of clearinghouse things oh, you have sure. to do. Right. There's a lot. But they do that. Like you do all that before there's a kid in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Right. You do all that. Like I'm looking to adopt and you're pretty much you get the green light and then you go like and say, well, what, what children need my help and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and of course, I lean to the I definitely was more. On team, you know, Kenny in terms of going for an adoption because mm-hmm. Armando kept bringing up the blood and that bothers yes, me. I know you know that how much that bothers you. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right from Angela, Michael and their yeah, whole like, bloodline yeah. thing. I know that bothers It's going to be in my bloodline. The baby has to be in my bloodline. Like I'm like, I don't I – don't, that, that just is something that makes so little difference to me. That it, it, it is weird to me when people – And I don't think it people, makes a whole lot of difference to Kenny too. He has his kids. Yeah, he's fine. Right. And it's so it's like I want to raise someone that has your genes. It just seems that seems the only way I can kind of see it is if Armando would maybe, you know, think, well, I don't want to favor Hannah because, you know, like this would be a child that isn't either of ours, you know, Uh biologically, obviously that the child is theirs. But that would be the only thing. And then that's kind of like, well, that's your hang up, not Kenny's, you know, and that's like your thing where it's like, oh, this isn't one of our blood relations. Like they're somehow less than in that household. Well, don't think like that. You shouldn't be adopting someone then. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be adopting anybody at all. Exactly. 
that's just like yeah, one-on-one. And I feel like that's something they go through when you're going through the process. <laughs> Are you going to favor your biological children? Because that's not the kind of thing we do here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Hannah is super cute. Like, <laughs> she was so oh, yeah. adorable in their scenes. It's like, oh, yeah. We always call them our palate cleansers. And definitely that's what was going on with her little play scenes. For real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely felt the um, – you know, felt that with the painting nails and stuff. Because I, I'm a dad of, I have two daughters, so it's like, oh yeah, the painting, painting nails. That's right. Have you done yeah. that yet? Oh, of course, I painted. Actually, we're kind of past it. Like I painted them when they were I used to paint their nails when they were younger, but now they're old enough to paint their own nails. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But are they painting your nails, and are you getting money for it? No, they never. They never went for my nails. They weren't really interested in that. Like they wanted their nails painted and I did their, you know, hands and toes and stuff. But, you know, they, they were never like the kids who were like, and now let me do you. Like, <laughs> sure. It was like, okay, thanks, dad. It's like, don't touch anything. And then they run off and get nail Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Sally Hansen quick dry. That was the. Oh, yeah. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. All right. So um, last up for me is Corey and Evelyn. So Corey is apparently still staying in the spare room a few days after he dropped the truth about Jenny onto Evelyn. When asked what it's been like since she asked him to move out, he says she keeps wanting me to move out, but I don't (laughs) want to move out. (laughs) Stupid. is so dumb. So he's going to be stubborn and fight for the relationship until she forcibly removes him from the property, I guess. So we see him writing a note and sliding it under her door. Oh, God. She does pick it up and read it because it's not the first note. And he just says that he keeps – she keeps saying – he keeps saying, just give me another chance on the note in note form just repeatedly. So this time though, he the note does say, I respect your decision. So that changes things a little bit. So his next gambit is to go pick flowers off of a bush outside and then just sit on the porch outside of her door waiting for her to come out. Dumb. Eventually she does come out and he gives her the flowers and she's just like, all right, look, I told you what I want and you literally just told me you were going to respect my decision. So you know what I want. And uh, the flowers don't seem to be helping anything and neither other notes. So she asked about the divorce papers about about is he going to sign them and he says he's not going to sign them because that would be giving up or accepting it i guess Uh. so her response is all right well the other option is that i'm going to have to get the landlords the police and the courts involved but she won't do all that if he'll just leave so then he says all right fine i will wait for you at raul's house and uh (laughs) So I don't know if Raul knows that, but Evelyn's just like, all right, you and Raul can be a couple then. Bye. Yep. (laughs) Thanks for the flowers. And then closes the door again. So afterward, Corey is scared. He says, you know, we've had these kind of things before, but she seems really serious this time. (laughs) You think, dude? But also says that if she gave him divorce papers, he would rip them up in her face. So, um... I don't know what, what are the chances of success of Corey's plan of just be stubborn. Like oh, that seems to be his plan idiot. to give her back. 
it's it annoys me that he's saying I'm respecting your decision, but I will not leave and I will stay here until I have wore you down and you will change your mind. And yes. that's how I am interpreting his actual actions. And, you know, I think the reason why he really had he thinks this is going to work and I'm not going to say he's wrong is because this is what he's done before. How many yeah. times has Evelyn said, hey, I don't like how this goes. You need to change A, B, C, D, E. And then he goes, oh, OK, I'll change. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. She takes him back. And then he doesn't do A, B, C, D, E. And now, yeah. you know, things are worse. So now she wants A through H. And he's kind of like, oh, okay. And she just keeps on adding uh, yeah. to this thing. But she's not very good at reinforcing it. The closest she's been to reinforcing it is when she kicked him out after they were married. And he went to Peru. Right. So I don't know. Like, he's seen that her demeanor has changed. Why does he think that he can break her down this time, too? I don't know, but I, it's one of those – he lives in that situation where like dumb people can get a lot of things because they're too dumb to give up. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And like it happens with jobs. It happens with all kinds of stuff. They're just relentless because they're just like I take – when somebody says to me, move out, we're divorcing now, I'm like, I guess I'm getting divorced. And I guess I'll have to move out. And I don't – it doesn't even occur to me to be like, no, I am not going to let that happen. I'm just going right. to stay here and yeah, like not do that. Yeah, like how dumb is he? Would it really work if he just said, I'm not signing the papers? That means we'll be married for life. Does it work like that? It absolutely that? does not. It absolutely does not. And like I was, that was very clear to, clearly explained to me when I was getting a divorce um, <laughs> is that the way divorces work is if one person gets a divorce, the divorce happens. Yeah. Like – it, it, so if the person refuses to sign anything, it just prolongs it. It prolongs it, and it's a lot. It's, it's it makes it a lot more expensive. It's it, it for both but, people or just one person. Uh well, definitely for one person. For the, the person, person trying to get the it? officially, you know, the other person could, you know, not retain a lawyer and just be like, I'm not going to get a lawyer. I'm not going to do anything. You're going to need a divorce. Yeah. The person who gets the lawyer and does all the things is getting everything, right? Because there's you're not putting up a defense against it. Uh -huh. They're going to be like, I want the house. I want both cars. I want full custody of the kids. I want this. I want that. And if you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to get a lawyer and I'm not going to sign the things, then they're going to look at it and be like, all right, well, they're not asking for anything. So it's all yours. <laughs> oh, like Corey, <laughs> you know that's going to happen to him. <laughs> right? But, I mean, it was, mine was – like I said, mine was super amicable. We literally wrote the agreement ourselves and then just had a lawyer look over it, yeah. right? So we, there was no courtroom fighting, no please things and it was super relatively cheap because of that. But like, yeah, if you're going to fight it, you're going to lose. The divorce is going to happen if they want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand what he thinks it is. It's like if I just don't sign it, it just doesn't happen. Like, it, well, You know who else thinks that? Dumb people who get parking tickets or, or traffic tickets and they end up getting arrested. Oh, yeah. Like, They're just like, oh, well, if I just don't pay it. Like, no, not even don't pay away. it because you have to sign it. The police officer is like, listen, I wrote you this ticket. Please sign here to acknowledge that you've got this ticket. They're like, I'm not signing that. And they're like, it's not an admission of guilt. 
You're just signing to acknowledge that you've gotten the ticket. I'm not signing that. If you don't sign this, I have to arrest you. I'm not signing that. And all of a sudden, (laughs) okay, I guess you're under arrest then. Yeah, but I don't understand, like, what is going through your mind? I'm going to force this person to stay married to me by being stubborn and not doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. It's like, oh, yeah, that that same person is going to be like, oh, you're right. I'm so glad we're married. (laughs) Right. I mean, I guess the most generous interpretation is that he – thinks they're somewhat uh, like soulmates or meant to be together or some blah, 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 blah. And she's making a huge mistake. And if he can just ride out the storm, she'll realize she was wrong and everything can go back to the way it was, which has a lot of flaws. (laughs) (laughs) Starting with, I'm very certain that Evelyn is not a soulmate person. No, I mean, she wasn't even a really she wanted to get married. And it was actually confusing to me. I don't think that she actually had divorce papers ready to go. I think she was just talking about hypothetically, like, would you sign the divorce papers? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying. The the part where I signed the papers was like two weeks before it was final. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't that's not like I didn't sign anything before that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so there's a lot of steps that go between signing the papers unless unless you're not fighting it and she goes and has her own papers written up and is like, I have these papers. You can sign them. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is like uh, Chantel and Pedro's like prenup that they just like <laughs> templated, oh, yeah. printed out <laughs> <Right>. online. <laughs> they went to LegalZoom.com. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to our last couple, Stephen and Alina. So Alina, Stephen, and Alina's mom go to eat, and Alina's mom orders a cold coffee. Alina asks Stephen if she can have a sip, and Stephen just kind of shakes his head no with a smile on his face. Lena's uh, mom no, asks why uh. coffee is bad, and Stephen tells her that it's because they see it as harmful to their bodies. Lena admits that she used to drink coffee every day and nothing bad happened to her. And Stephen says that now she doesn't drink coffee, she doesn't need to worry about stained teeth. Oh, Stephen then hopes that Alina's mom will consider joining the church in the future. Alina's mom is strict orthodox and has no plans on converting. Stephen brings up the fact that he wants to raise their children in the church. Alina is just like in disbelief that Stephen is being pushy about his religion with her mom at this particular place in time. She's mad about the conversation, so she decides to get even and throw Stephen under the bus by making a comment about how she can't drink coffee, but he can break his vows of chastity. Stephen gets really uncomfortable Uh as Alina's mom demands to know why he can pick the rules he wants to follow, like having sex but not drinking coffee. Stephen wasn't expecting to have this conversation with Alina's mom when he hasn't even really been able to talk to Alina about it. He explains that without experience, his faith could not be tested, and now he understands exactly what he is sacrificing. Alina is mad that he is excusing his behavior. Stephen tells us that he didn't have sex until he was 23, and then he compares everything else to eating vegetables after eating a candy bar. Alina point blank says that she hates hypocrites and her mom agrees. Alina then tells her mom that he had sex after she was in the process of learning more about Mormonism and converting. And Alina's mom says that's low. Alina tells him that marriage seems really far. And Stephen says he would like a chance to prove to her that he is sorry and he can be the husband she deserves. 
Alina just doesn't believe him right now and asks if he can leave so she can talk to her mom alone. Stephen looks like he's going to cry as he leaves the table. Alina's mom tells her, just break up with him because there's no sense to continue. She tells us that, you know, she really loves him, but how could she ever know if Stephen's changed? Later, Alina and her mom walk by a man with rabbits that pick out fortunes. Alina's fortune seems to imply that maybe she should give Stephen another chance. Her mom reminds her that she always has a choice and wonders if Alina is just excusing his behavior. Alina's mom thinks she's lying to herself and asks Alina to come back to Russia with her. Okay, at this point, I mean, it was kind of passive aggressive and just overtly aggressive, right? Yeah. Her dealing with Steven. So at this point, why is Alina even thinking about staying? I don't know. I think she just kind of is still getting used to the adjustment of what she had in her head not being real. And Mm -hmm. it takes a few – it takes a little while because it's – it's only been a couple days, yeah. right? And it's kind of like how unreal this is. It's it's hard to completely distance yourself and, you know, um, disassociate yourself with somebody that you were literally getting ready to marry. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And to do that takes a little bit of time. I think this is on – this one's on hyperdrive because he's an ass, but mm-hmm. he's not helping at all. Like every attempt he makes to be better is – not good yeah. like like we, he i wouldn't say he showed himself to be a bigger ass than he was before but a different kind of ass this time yeah. like super condescending sure. oh no well, we can't drink coffee no, no, no. and i don't want to get into the theological debate of why she can't have a cup of black coffee but he can have his fucking slurpee that he that he like oh, ordered gosh. we don't we don't drink coffee because it's not healthy now give me that sugary uh giant smoothie <laughs> thing yeah. smoothie yeah like okay but like and he is definitely and i, I don't want to go too much into it he's certainly not the right person to be explaining lds doctrine and theology because <laughs> no. i don't think he quite understands it at all oh my gosh Plus, it's like, okay, she's absolutely right about the hypocrisy. Like, okay, you're going to, on the list of bad things, you're going to put, okay, sex is okay, but coffee not okay? Yeah, and oh my God, that, and she didn't react to it because she's very even-tempered. Yes. But his excuse for having sex was, I needed to have sex so I would know how good it felt, so I would be... It would take more discipline in order to, to in order to restrain from it later. Like what the shit, Stupid. man? That He's is like I needed to bullshit. know what I was sacrificing. It's like you're an <laughs> yeah. idiot. That's oh my gosh, that's the dumbest. Yeah, that's reason. why you made out with a hundred people, and like you needed to know. You needed to know, so I did it with like five different girls, and like also like got blowjobs from like another twenty. So yeah. I really needed to know, so I would know what I'm giving up when I sacrifice it. Oh uh, my god, he's such a like, garbage to, person. It is to make his hypocrisy not sound like he literally wasn't like I made a mistake, I was weak, I'm trying to do better. But like, no, that was part of my mission. I had to do that. That's what made this even harder now. You And basically it hurt like, you don't even know what you're missing. So like, much yeah. eye roll. Oh, my God. So much. Like everything he said was just like, this is worse. Stop it. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh. And yeah, and then his whole analogy about, oh, it's like, but then I had sex once. I knew what I was missing. And then everything else was like eating vegetables. It's like, I'm pretty sure this is the reason why Mormon kids get married so young. It is. It's it not is. like you're not like, allowed like, to have sex. You just have to have sex under the right conditions. So it's like not hoeing around. Yeah. That's for one. Also, I've had a candy bar. You've had a candy bar. I also still eat vegetables and I enjoy <laughs> vegetables. Like, I don't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> he's saying, if I have a Snickers bar, I'm only going to eat Snickers for the rest of my life. I'll never eat a piece of broccoli again. <laughs> He's such a weirdo. Yeah, but he is not helping his cause. And he does have nerve to try convert her mom in the midst of all this. It's like, are you kidding me right now? He's going to tell. He's going to try to sell this this Russian woman, this middle-aged Russian woman on a thing that says you can't have any vodka. She's gonna he's gonna sell her on that religion. Come on, man. Yeah, and she's That's also drinking the coffee. Read the room. Yeah. As she's stupid. drinking coffee, which she is also not allowed to drink. Read the room, man. This is not happening. <laughs> oh, Steven, you're such an idiot. All right. So uh I guess we saw everyone this week. Yes, we did. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So who was your student of the week? I went with Evelyn um, for putting up with Corey's crap and staying, staying firm and not just not, not relenting like he thinks he's, she's going to yet, but also, you know, being direct with, I wanted you to move out. What I want you to do is move out. You said you respected my decision, move out. And thanks for the flowers. Like it was tough. It was tough sledding to pick a, to pick a student of the week because there were lots of people with big flaws, but yes, agreed. Evelyn for staying the course this week. Yes. And I was going to say, yes, I was actually really happy with how Evelyn reacted to all of this. And this was like definitely a go girl kind of like episode. And then you see the preview for the next episode and you're like, don't fold. Don't do it. Don't do it. He's an idiot. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. Uh, hopefully she does continue to stay strong. But, yeah, sure. Student of the week. Okay, so my student of the week, I said, was Kenny. I actually really appreciated how he was dealing with these, like, tough conversations. He never was like, no, that's an absurd idea. He was very careful about his wording. He was very careful to say, like, we need to continue to talk about this. Let's do some more research. Maybe we just need to put this on the back burner. Here are my concerns. Like, he said it in a way that was having a productive conversation without making Armando feel like he was shutting anything down. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. What about All your right. dunce? I went with submit mm-hmm. um, just for this. First of all, it bothered me that he was like, I'm so happy the kitchen is going to be clean. And he didn't <laughs> clean the kitchen himself like that. That is a. Maybe that's a dad thing where it's like, oh, dad, the house is so clean. I was like, y'all could have done the dishes, too. What are you? Yeah. So that was a little triggering. But also the fact that he clearly wanted things that he's just letting his mom say on his behalf. And he's yeah. like, mom's gonna, my mom's going to tell her what to do. Yay, what to do, what to do. Woo, woo. Now I get what I want. Like, I'm like, dude, man. Like, so he didn't talk. He couldn't talk to her about it. And he could have just done it himself, but he didn't do either of those things. He waited until mommy came in and solved this problem. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's true. Uh, my dunce is Ellie. You know, it's okay. like 
okay, we definitely learned a lot more of the circumstances between, you know, the situation with Victor and whatever the other woman. And it's like, how in the world did you decide that you were going to live here and bankroll this operation? Like, you're you're kind of dumb. Like, you're or yeah. at least you're making really dumb life choices here. It is. And like the, the and I, I come back to the explanations that he gave in the conversation we saw were Weak. wholly inadequate. Yeah. And he, she's just like, well, I guess we're done talking about this now. Hopefully it never comes up again. It's like, like no, he did not explain himself. What? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. OK. What about your life lesson? Right. Well, my life lesson is to them, too. Like if you have a budget or, you know, concerns about prices of things and stuff and you need to have that discussion, it's totally a discussion that you need to have. Please don't do it in front of a shop guy while he's holding the gate open <laughs> and you have to put the stuff back. I felt so bad yeah. for him. Just like, oh, my God, they're arguing about the drill now. Oh, my God. Are they getting a generator? I have to stand here with this stupid drill in my hand that they're just doing it. Just have your discussion somewhere else. Don't involve anybody. Don't hold up anybody else's time because you're arguing. Oh, my goodness. Agreed. OK, so my life lesson is directed at Corey. So okay. if you're going to respect the fact that someone doesn't want to be with you, you should respect the fact that someone doesn't want to be with you. Just let it go. Seriously. Um, I see it as like really selfish uh, yep. if you just keep trying because it's what you want and not what the other person wants. And so to mm -hmm. keep on doing that, it's usually, I would say, most endings of a breakup is usually because one person is being selfish Right. And, you know, not considering the other person's feelings, not appreciating the other person. And so it's kind of like, yeah, you're just keep the same like thing going that that's what's kind of what's fundamentally wrong in the first place. Right. I mean, it, you do kind of see that you see that I feel like you haven't been thinking as much about me and you've been very selfish. And they're like, well, I want to stay with you. And it's like, okay, well, that didn't, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, you didn't consider what I was saying <laughs> oh at all. Oh my goodness, I know. You just decided what you wanted and that's what's going to happen. Oh right. gosh, that's like the ex that came back like fairly recently for me and was like, no, I do not accept that you don't want to get back together again. And I was like, um, <laughs> like, you can't, this not, is the problem with you, like with us, you know, it's like you never listen to what I wanted. OK, now listen to this. I don't want to be with you. <laughs> so you keep on trying is just ridiculous. It's like yes. emphasizing what I fundamentally thought was wrong with the relationship in the first place. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Oh, goodness. All right. So, yeah, that's all our groups. That's our uh, life lessons. So uh, we'll be back next week where hopefully Evelyn will stay strong, even though previews yeah. kind of imply otherwise. Well, it implies at least we have some sort of drama couples counseling thing, mm -hmm. which I mean, I think that uh, you want to keep getting paid. Right, Evelyn? You can't, can't get paid if you're behind that door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like couples counseling to me is like if you're really trying to make it work. You right. Know? Well, that's the thing, too. That's what we kind of saw yeah. in the preview was like, well, are you both here to make it work? And she's like, if one person eh. says no, you shouldn't be doing it, you know, and that's yep. why I'm kind of discouraged to even see her participating in couples counseling because it's right. just like, well, it seems like you can be convinced. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that was all of DePauli's like thing, too, is she was saying, you know, like, well, it was good that Samit's mom went to counseling. It shows that she's open. I mean, she has a point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's All true. All right. Until next week, hopefully everyone yep. will stay strong. Yes. All, All right. right. Until next week. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.